This morning, I'd like to title my sermon as The Humanity of God. Can you say that with me? The Humanity of God. Now, my struggle is basically not to understand the divinity of God. I know God is divine. Not really to understand the humanity of Jesus Christ. I know Jesus is a perfect, was a perfect man when he was born. But my struggle is to understand the humanity of God. Here I refer to our Father in heaven. I'm trying to understand the humanity of my Father who is in heaven. Normally we talk about the humanity of Jesus. But this morning I want to talk about the divinity, sorry, humanity of God, Godhead, or the Father in heaven. We know that Jesus was born in the manger. We know that, you know, when he was born, he was seen as a perfect, complete human being. He was born as a baby. Literally as we carry a baby, you know, we could carry Jesus. Because he's 100% human. He's 100% human. And all divinity and all humanity wrapped up in one body known as Jesus, son of man or son of God. Jesus was fully human. He was born like any other human. He grew up like any other child. Because we understand the humanity of Lord Jesus Christ. You know, this morning it is very interesting to know that we are able to, as human, we are able to associate our God with us. And we are able to say that he was and he is like one among us. Like one of us. You know, no other religion, I believe, has this opportunity or option to say, my God is like me. Or I am like my God. I don't think anybody will say, you know, many, many of the religions, we are so scared of you know, seeing those gods and goddesses. Because always we come to an understanding, we think that, you know, they are, they are here to punish us if we don't pay them, if we don't sacrifice to them, if we don't behave, they will punish and people are so afraid to follow those God. I thank God because we are able to follow our God and we are able to say that he's just like me. My God is like me. Jesus, he had hands. He had fingers. He had feet. He had mouth. And he spoke like us. He smelled like us. He tasted things like us. He had emotions such as joy, sadness, anger, compassion, love. And at times he was disappointed too. In addition to all the physical needs such as the you know, need for rest. Feeling hungry, feeling thirsty. So we see humanity, full humanity in Jesus. If Jesus is walking on the streets today, he's just like one among us. He's no different. He's no different. He will just walk like us. He doesn't even ask for a ride. He will just walk. He will just walk. He's just God wrapped up in human flesh. We see Jesus as a fully human. When we talk about the humanity of Jesus, we are talking about the human nature of the second person of the triune God, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We are talking about the second person of the Trinity who existed eternally, right from the beginning when God created the heaven and the earth. 
Jesus was in coexistence with God the Father and the Holy Spirit. John writes in John chapter 1 verse 1, In the beginning, can you read that with me? In the beginning was the Word. That simply means that Jesus was in existence from the beginning. Do you know when the beginning was? Do we know when the beginning? Yes or no? No, right? We don't know when the beginning was. In the beginning, that's what the word of God says. If you can ever open your Bible and read Genesis, how it starts? Come on, church. How it starts, Daniel? In the, you don't read Genesis, right? Do you? In the beginning, God created heaven and the earth. And nobody knows where, when was the in the beginning. So in the beginning was the word. Whenever it started, whenever it began, the word was there. Jesus was in existence from the beginning. And John writes saying that, and the word was with God. And who is the word? Jesus is the word. And Jesus was with God. That, you know, that you know, tempts me to see as Jesus and God are two different entities. But it's not so. We'll come to know that soon. And the word was God. You know, that's why people try to struggle to understand Trinity. The triune nature of our God. In the beginning, Jesus was in existence. And he was with God. And he himself was God. Jesus was God, 100% and he was human, 100%. John chapter 5 verse 7 says For there are three that bear witness in heaven The Father, the Word and the Holy Spirit And these three are one They are not three separate gods but they are one God Are you with me? <clears throat> Amen You know that's the right teaching They are not three different gods but they are one God they are one God. Now as Father, Son and the Holy Spirit being one God, listen to me now. The humanity that was revealed in Son Jesus when he was born as a baby was hidden in the Father God. That's what I believe. Because they are not three different gods but they are one God. That means he was totally revealed. The humanity of God was totally revealed when Jesus was born. And that humanity was hidden in Lord God, hidden in the Father. So we are talking about the humanity of our God, the humanity of our Father. And this humanity of God could be found with evidences throughout the ages from the Old Testament. Through the New Testament. And in the days which are yet to come. God the Father is found with the human nature in him. That's what we are talking about this morning. Now I was doing a little bit of research into this area. Who really, you know, talk about, spoke about this area. I came across a couple of authors, you know, they deal with this. Karl Barth, he's an influential Swiss theologian of the mid-20th century. He wrote in his book on the humanity of God, this is what Karl Barth said. Can you read that with me? You need a little bit of you know, insight and deep understanding as we read this. God requests no exclusion of humanity, no non-humanity, not to speak of inhumanity in order to be truly God. That simply means 
You don't need to separate the human nature out of God to call him God. He is God. Even though he has human nature in him, he is still God. And it's, he says, but we may and must, however, look further and recognize the fact that actually his deity, his divine nature, encloses humanity in itself. His divine nature, God's divine nature, the Father's divine nature, encloses humanity in, in itself. Emmanuel Swedenborg, a Swedish scientist and philosopher and theologian, he wrote extensively on the humanity of God, and this is what uh, Swedenborg says. He says, God is supremely human. Can you read that with me? God is supremely human, and every person is therefore human in the measure of his reception of love and wisdom. God is supremely human, and every person is therefore human in the measure of the reception of love and wisdom that tells me that sounds that the source of love and wisdom is god he's the source and we receive the more we receive human nature really comes inside of us otherwise we are barbarians otherwise you know we are not really human being otherwise you know we are not fit to be called as human you know our human nature itself has come from god because his deity encloses the the humanity and he also says swedenberg also says all the human nature we possess are not our own it comes from god Nothing whatever, this is what he says, read that with me, nothing whatever in the created universe is substance and form in itself. Nothing is by itself. Our life in itself, life is not by itself. Our love and wisdom in itself, love and wisdom are not by itself. Indeed, neither is the human being human in himself. We cannot become a human being by ourselves, but all is from God, who is human in himself. I like that. All is from God, who is human in himself. Wisdom and love in itself, and form and substance in itself. So he says, nothing can be by itself including our humanity our human life everything is derived everything is received from god understanding the human humanity of god will help us to realize a couple of things it will really help help me to realize that i serve a god who is not an extraterritorial or a celestial being but my god can be closely related and associated with a human being like you and me you know, many religions have never seen their God. Many religions, they have seen their God as a force, as a power, as a spirit, as a ghost. But my God is you know, fully wrapped up in human nature and we see his human nature in his divinity, in his divine nature. And I am able to associate, I am able to relate. Because I serve a God who thinks like me. Can you believe that? I serve a God who sees like me. I serve a God who moves and behaves like me. My human nature, secondly, my human nature and characteristics are not my own. I inherit that from God. I inherit that from God. Bible says there are a couple of scriptures that we are going to read this morning. It's very interesting. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. 
Can you read that with me? Then God said, let us make man in our own image. Two things you need to note down. Whatever is highlighted there. Our own image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God had joined together. Father God, Son Jesus, and Holy Spirit, they joined together. And they made a decision, like the way we are planning to, for, to build our own church. One fine morning, they made a detailed plan. And what was the plan? Come on, let's make man. Good, good plan, right? What a good plan. Let's make man. That's what they did. And they decided, let's make man in how? In our own image. That gives me more information now. Not only my father God, not only son Jesus, not only the Holy Spirit, all three together, they, are all, they all look like our image. They all look like us. Let's make man according to our image, according to our likeness. You know, when we say our image, God being a spirit being, you know, God doesn't have flesh like you and me. God is spirit. That's what the Bible says. God is spirit. And we need to worship him in truth and spirit. God is spirit. He's a spirit being. But he has an image. That's the reason he says, let's make man according to our image. So even though he's a spirit, you know, he is not like the way you draw amoeba. He has an image. And how your God looks like. You should be able to say that my God looks like me. Bible says. Amen. So he has an image. Even though he is a spirit being, he has an image. That resembles us. Us like the Indians. Us like the Chinese. Us like the Africans. And us like the Caucasians. That's how our God looks like. Very interesting. And Bible says, and God said, according to our likeness. When we say our likeness, God's saying that let us make man reflecting our nature. Not just he looks like me, looks like God, but human is capable of thinking like God. Human is capable of speaking like God and acting like God. Let's make man in our own image and according to our likeness. That's how God created us. We are talking about the humanity of our God. Let's move to Psalm 8 verses 4 through 8. Psalm chapter 8 verses 4 through 8. Let's read together. What is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? Can you read that with me out loud? Verse 5. For you have made him a little lower than the angels and you have crowned him with glory and honor verse 6, you have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the seas. God created human being a little lower than the angels. That's what scripture says. Angels are again spirit beings. When, you know, God is spirit being, angels are spirit being, they are omnipresent, where we cannot. 
We have a limited ability, limited power. But God is omnipotent God. We cannot read the other, other people's mind. We don't believe in that. But God can because he is omniscient God. He knows everything. God is above everybody. And next is angels. Angels. And then comes you and me. You are made man. Little lower than the angels. When God created human being in his own image and in his likeness. Some of the nature of God were given to human being. That nature really came from God. A part of us really is really God. Because it is the nature of God. That doesn't mean that there are people walking around saying that I am Jesus. They say that I am God. Man can become God. God can become man. No, we are not saying that. We are saying that God is so close to us than we can ever think, ever imagine. Because he made us in his own image. In his own image. You know, Smith, there are many times we are not satisfied with our own image. Especially when you become older and older. You're not really happy about it. But God says, I have created you in my own image. And I believe that, you know, as we become older and older, your image matures and you start becoming like God more and more like. Are you okay? Sounds like wrong theology. I believe that because you are getting ready to go to him. You are getting ready to go to him. As we mature, as we learn more about God, as we know more about God, you know, the characters of God, the nature of God is going to be seen more in our lives. How? Because, you know, let, let's assume, let's take one thing, let's take, talk about love. Because we are made in the image of God, because we are made, we, we are made, you know, uh, in the likeness of God, we inherit love from God. Otherwise, we don't know how to love. We know a little bit, because animals, even they know a little bit how to show, how to express their affection to you. We may know only that much. We may know only that much. But human, because God has created you and me in his own image, we draw that nature from him. We draw love from him. We draw compassion from him. We inherit love from him. We partake in the human nature of God. It's not that God is partaking in the human nature of man, but we partake as human in the human nature of God and we become human. Amen? Because we were created in his likeness, we can have compassion. We can be faithful. We can be truthful, we can be kind, we can be patient, and we can be just in everything that, that we do. But these attributes are distorted by sin. Now if you take any human being, we see both those things are residing in any of us. We see the nature of God residing inside of us, and we also see sin. You know, when man, human being entered into sin, when, when he committed sin, that sinful attitude, that sin came inside of us and corrupted the nature of God inside of us. That's why we lost. We lost. But God is still having the humanity. Originally what was given to Adam and Eve at the Garden of Eden. Let's try to understand the humanity of God a little more before we close. When we go to Exodus chapter 32, very interesting chapter there. 
When Moses delayed coming from Mount Sinai, you remember what's going on there at the base of the mountain? When Moses delayed coming down from Mount Sinai, Aaron and all his children of Israel, they decided that Moses is gone. God has taken him or God has consumed him with fire. It's not worth waiting for Moses to come back. And they decided to make a golden statue. They made a golden calf. They collected all the ornaments and they burned everything together and they collected. They made a golden calf. And they started worshipping the golden calf. And you know what? Can you read? If you read in Exodus 32 verse 4, you know, they went to this extent. Can you believe that? Can you read that with me? Exodus 32 verse 4. And he received the gold from their hand and he fashioned it with an engraving tool and made a molded calf. Then they said, this is your God, O Israel, that God brought you out of the land of Egypt. It's a lie. It's a lie of the enemy. That God, in fact, it was not God, first of all, and it has nothing to do with bringing children of Israel out of Egypt. It's a lie. It's a lie. Any idol you make, anything that you make, it appears to be God, but it's not a God. It's a lie of the enemy. It's a lie of the enemy. Amen. Can I hear another amen for that? Amen. This is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. It's a lie of the enemy. And God's anger burned hot. And he decided to destroy all of them. Wherever idol worship is seen, God's anger burns so deeply, so strongly. And he will decide to destroy. Destroy. Destruction is the only way. But when Moses pleaded, you know, Moses was in between asking God, Lord, please don't destroy them. Lord, do you remember you brought them from Egypt, Lord, with great difficulty. You promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that I will make you a great nation. Lord, if you destroy them, Lord, the ungodly people will mock at you. What do they think about your power, Lord? Where is your power, Lord? Please don't destroy them. And Moses was standing in the middle. And Moses also had to say that, Lord, if you still decide to destroy these people, please take off my name from your book. Intercession. Intercessor is a call of intercessor. And Moses was standing in the middle. And Moses reminded God, Lord, please don't. And Exodus chapter 32 verse 14, this is what we read. So the Lord relented. Can you say that with me? So the Lord relented from harm, which he said he would do to this people. Again, we are trying to understand the human nature of God. We see God's anger. We see God changing his mind because someone is interceding on behalf of somebody else. Someone is pleading. Someone is making a recommendation and starts showing sympathy on the people. And God changed his mind. He has become a compassionate God now. And God says, I will not destroy. Because you intercede. Because of your intercession, I'm not going to destroy This is a similar behavior of human. When a child does something against the parents, when the child becomes a disobedient child, you may punish the child, you may be angry at the child, but soon later, you'll change your mind. You'll change your mind. You'll take the child and pet the child. And you feel inside of it so bad that why why did I beat my child? 
Nobody's beating your child, children, right? Okay. So why did I beat my child? Why this happened? Then you feel bad. Same nature that our God has. I mean, the reason I picked up this is this is something which is familiar to us. God does the same thing. He's an unchanging God. That's so true. He never changes. His promises, once he has spoken, it is spoken. He never changes that. But throughout the history, God will not change his mind. Not for anything else, but for this. Only this reason. There are many occasions God changed. God withdrew his word that he has spoken. Otherwise, God doesn't change his word. But when people repent, when people come back to God, when somebody is interceding on behalf of somebody, God changes his mind. God withdrew his word that he once spoken. But otherwise, apart from this context, God will not change his word. Once spoken, it is spoken. Such a God is our God. And Jonah, if you remember him, Jonah knew this nature of God very well. It's very interesting. I believe from the scriptures, one of the many reasons why he did not go to Nineveh, but why he went to Tarshish. You remember that? How many of you remember Jonah, by the way? You remember? Yes, thank God. Jonah went to where? Tarshish. Where she's supposed to, he's supposed to go to Nineveh. He did not go to Nineveh. The reason why he did that, because he did that because of the human nature of God. Because of the human nature of God. Jonah knew this nature. Jonah knew this nature of God very well. Jonah thought, if I go to Nineveh and preach the gospel saying that God is going to destroy this city. In how many days? How many days? 30 days? 40 days? Anything else? Right? So God is going to destroy the city of Nineveh. That's what Jonah said. And if Jonah was very clever and he knew that very well. If I go and tell, people are going to repent. They are going to you know, fast and they are going to be in ashes and they are going to pray. They are put on the sackcloth and they are going to pray and they are going to repent. And when they repent, God will change his mind and I will stand like the in front of people of Nineveh like a fool Jonah knew this very well human nature of God and they are going to call me what false prophet he told God is going to destroy the city but God did not destroy the city he's a false prophet you know many times the prophet, good prophecies go bad good prophets turn to become false prophet because you know people repent by the time Right? So Jonah knew that very well, very clever, very well played. Jonah chapter 4 verse 1, we read this, When God did not destroy the city of Nineveh, but it displeased Jonah now. But eventually he went to Nineveh, remember that? He went to Nineveh and he preached the gospel. The same thing happened there as he expected. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly and he became angry. To whom? To God. And this is what, so he prayed to the Lord and said, Oh Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore I fled previously to Tarshish. For I know that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. You're talking about the human nature of God. The same thing that we do, our God does at times. 
We see God's anger changing into compassion. When he sees people turning back to God, I'll just quote a couple of more and then we'll close. Our God shares many of our human characteristics. We read that in the book of Genesis chapter 1, when God created everything, on the seventh day what he did? He rested. We don't know what kind of rest it was, but he rested, that's what the Bible says. And also he says in chapter 1 itself, when God created something, the first day, second day, third day, fourth day, I'm not going to ask you uh, what he created, but whenever he created something each day, what Bible says? He saw them and found them good. It was good. Now don't we really relish the work that we have done? We have made a project. We had written an article, or we got 81, we scored 81 in our reason exam, or 100 percentage, whatever score we get, don't we just sit back and relish and enjoy your victories, your gains, your achievements? God did the same thing. At the end of every day, he turned back and saw whatever he made, everything was found good. Our God shares the nature of a mother, Bible says, as a mother comforts us. Let's read the scripture, Isaiah chapter 66, verse 13. As, can you read that with me out loud? As one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you. And you shall be comforted in Jerusalem. Our God is a God like our mother. He comforts us. There are so many scriptures in the word of God. We are not going to get there. But we will read probably one more scripture and then we will close. You know, we always remember our dear ones, right? Even though they are alive or they are left, they have already gone. We still remember them. Bible says, our God remembers. Our God remembers Isaiah chapter 41, sorry, 44 verse 21. You know, Isaiah prophet says, remember these, O Jacob and Israel. For you are my servant. God is telling this. I have formed you and you are my servant. O Israel, you will not be forgotten by me. I will remember you. Our God shares the human nature. The humanity of God is well seen in our God, the Father, and Son Jesus, and in the Holy Spirit. Now we can go on and on, but this morning I just want to you know, come to a conclusion. A couple of truths that, as we said, as they stand out, as we understand the humanity of God. Number one, the humanity of God was fully revealed in Jesus. The humanity, when Jesus was born, humanity of God was totally made known to mankind and as we remember the birth of Lord Jesus Christ during this season we never fail to realize that he came and born like one of us one among us like one, one, one person like us secondly all the human nature we possess we inherit them from God because we are made in his likeness. Can you say that? We are made in his likeness. Since we are made in his nature, all the good qualities that are seen in our lives are inherited from God. We are not capable of generating those qualities by ourselves. Even though you may say that it is generational, it is genetic and all those things, but where we got those things from, it all came from our Lord God because he created us in the likeness of God. Number three, as a human, we are not capable of having any good nature by ourselves. God is the ultimate source. Everything that we possess, including our own life, 
It came from God. You know, it's so interesting to say that we are human and we are looking at God and say that, Lord, my humanity really came from you. That's the truth. That's the word of God. Number four, the likeness of God. Because we are created in the likeness of God, our original nature is marred by sin. You know, sin counterworks the nature of God in our lives. Sin defeats the purpose of God, making us in the likeness of God. Sin works against in our lives so that, you know, our image is marred not to be like God and not to become like God. As Jesus says, as Paul says, just be imitators of Christ. And when sin enters in our lives, the original intention is gone. The purpose of God is gone in our lives. Number five, we possess both godly characteristics, godly nature, the likeness of God, and the corrupted evil nature in our lives. We possess both of this, the good nature of God and the corrupted nature of the devil in our lives. And that's the fight. There is a fight between the good nature and the evil nature within us. That's the reason we come to church. That's the reason we pray. That's the reason we listen to the word of God. And that's the reason we try to commit our lives, surrender our lives to God. So that the godliness may increase in our lives. Amen. Finally, the humanity of God helps us to relate ourselves with God. He understands us. He likes us. He cares for us. Because he's just like me. He loves me and he cares for me. He knows what I'm going through in my life. Because he's not just a celestial being, being up far away. He's with us. When Jesus was born, the Emmanuel, the everlasting Father, everlasting God, happened to be with us until eternity. When Jesus was taken up into the heaven, the, thri the third member of the, the Trinity, Holy Spirit, is poured. And today the Spirit of God is with us. And if you ask me, all that I preached about the Father God, I can preach the same thing about Holy Spirit. Because they three are one. They three are one. Amen. We serve an amazing God. Shall we all stand for a moment this morning?